and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the League of Entertaining Gentlemen. Comprising the League this evening is Mo Mahoney and Stephen Waldinger. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Ah, oh, thank you as always. Good to see you. Good to uh, record with y'all as always as well. You too. I love your intro voice. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. I can't hold that for that long. <laughs> your your wife is a lucky lady. That's all I'm saying. Like that should be used for other things other than podcasts. Welcome, just for the wife. benefit of the world. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Ah, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the League of Entertaining Gentlemen. This has been an eventful SDCC season. And for those of you who are uninitiated to what SDCC is, that's the San Diego Comic-Con. That is the big Comic-Con. The one that you find a lot of information about movies from Marvel, from all kinds of uh, TV show stuff, and yes, comics. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just very big. And to discuss it this evening with us, the one who was there, our man on the ground in San Diego... Well, he's not currently in San Diego, but he was Mr. Stephen Waldinger. Steve, what uh, what was your experience at SDCC 2016? Oh, it was super cool. It was uh, good to get back inside. I, I had been there um, uh, several years ago. I, I got to borrow a friend's badge for the day, and um, that was my first ever San Diego Comic Con. Uh, great time. And um, got to, I luckily was able to uh, get a one-day badge for uh, Saturday, the biggest day of the show. And it did not disappoint. I, um, I spent the majority of the day uh, on the floor itself. So actually, I didn't go to any panels. Um, one note I want to give you for um, going, if you, you know, when you do go to San Diego Comic-Con next year, everybody listening is going to get in and you're going to have the best time ever. Um, plan your panels accordingly because you have to wait in line. It's not like other shows I've been to. I've just been able I just walk into whatever panel I want to go into San Diego. You actually have to um, plan ahead of time. It's like, oh, I want to go to this panel at 11. I got to get in line probably probably at 10. Sometimes, you know, depending on the panel, you might have some some time to, you know, you might have to be there right at 10. But most panels, you're going to want to get there early. Um if you want to do the Hall H stuff, that's where all the big, huge announcements uh, come from. That's its own thing. Like people camp out overnight there um, to get into a to get into panels uh, that are the next day. Um, I had a friend who camped out in Hall H overnight. He was targeting trying to get into it like a Doctor Who panel at like uh, Ten, so he camped out all overnight and didn't get into the Doctor Who panel he wanted to get into, but he did get into a Breaking Bad panel. But so factor in, if you want to see something big, you have to wait for it. Um, so that being said, I actually, I, I spent my my whole con on the floor um, of the show, which is where like the Artist Alley is and uh, all the the big vendors booths are there, the little vendors booths are there, the major companies are there. Um, and just doing that, I saw tons of cool stuff. Actually, at the DC booth, um, I saw uh, they brought. I saw them bring Gal Gadot out for like the their Justice League announcement, and then just randomly wandering around the floor, I saw like what their celebrity a- entrance and exit, and they were uh, 
it looked like they were ushering out. I couldn't see who it was at first, but I'm I'm pretty sure it was Henry Cavill that they were uh, sneaking out because he, he did a quick turnaround wave goodbye to like all the people that just instantaneously assembled the second they got close. Um, so yeah, that um, I saw them at the DC booth. Um, visited a ton of friends who uh, were able to score tables there. Uh, supported a bunch of indie artists. Um, what else did I do there? The past couple of years, I'd gone outside to do. They they set up like free outside stuff for people to do who you know aren't able to get into the show, so you, you can still enjoy Comic Con even without a ticket. I didn't get to do that this year. Um, although at the at the end of the day, I did. The FX was playing a uh, Archer, like a specially made Archer cartoon that was that had Conan O'Brien in it, so that was super rad. Um, I'm losing track of where I am because I'm just uh, that's what San Diego does to you. It just it's all this awesomeness crammed into um, an insane crowd of people. Um, if you, it felt like I was trying to, uh, when I wanted to get from one end of the floor to the other, it felt like at times I was trying to, uh, like, uh, cross the, I was like Nemo trying to, or not Nemo, what's his, his dad's name. Uh, I was trying, but basically I was trying to cross the ocean without being on a, a big giant turtle's back. It, it was, uh, swimming amongst a sea of people, uh, crazy, but, uh, I had good times. I had very good times. I do not actually see any of the inside information of things that would pop up on the internet later that day. Um, so I actually have yet to see uh, some trailers that came out there and stuff like that, but I, I was perfectly okay with that just because um, getting there was an amazing, getting in there was an amazing experience and uh, I got to catch up with just about everybody I wanted to uh, catch up with there. So Hall H have in, have you been in Hall H? I have. Yes. You had. Okay. When they go from panel to panel, because that's where that's the big hall. That's where all mm-hmm. the, the big stuff comes to to show there. Where uh, can you just stay in there all day, or do they tell you to leave after a panel is over? Once you're in there, you can elect to stay in there um, if you want to. Uh, most people um, want to get in there for like one specific thing. So there, uh, or the average person wants to get in there for like one specific thing. So there is a good amount of turnover. But yeah, if you want to, you can stay in there for the for the day. Actually, because how I got in was um, my friend who had camped out for Hall H. Um, when he got in there, he got like a like a bathroom pass basically, so he could like return in. And so he gave me his um, his his pass, and I used that to get in. And I saw and it's always sunny in Philadelphia panel. Um, I think there was some uh, there's something else, but I didn't stick around for it. I it might have been like supernatural or something like that. <laughs> so this year, were you there as more of a fan or as more of a hey, I'm you know a writer of comic books. You know, let's network, let's do something together. What were you? What were your? What was your goal? It was mostly seventy five percent fan, twenty five percent. I'm. A, 25% writer um, looking, you know, looking to, um, exp- you know, a- anybody looking to bring anybody along with me that we could possibly team up with on comic book work. 
Um, I did meet some. Uh, I always scour Artist Alley um, looking for any uh, art that jumps out with me because I'm looking. I'm still looking for an artist for my next book, and I uh, met a few people there who's. There's, I mean, there, there's tons of incredible art there. Um, so I, I met a couple of people whose art was the style I was looking for. So I uh, got to do some follow up work with there. Saw follow up work there, um, and I'm, I'm gonna do my next book in color. So I was uh, looking up colorists. Um, met a couple of them, and just, uh, yeah, and then just touch base with some, pe- you know, some people that. Uh, uh, met you know that are felt that I've, I've tabled with at other shows and stuff like that just to uh, you know support them and uh, uh, yeah catch up with them as well and tr- swap war stories with and all that yeah so when you're walking around this big sea of people what is it as many people as it it seems like it is just like shoulder to shoulder pretty much all day kind of difficult to walk around or is it a little bit more open it clears out like later on in the day um the floor closes at seven and like around like uh five o'clock it was noticeably thinner i mean still crowded but it was easier to navigate at that point in the day so if you're a person that has agoraphobia you probably want to stay away from the san diego comic convention am i assuming correctly that would be very correct yes (laughs) So, yeah, I think there's, there's numerous places you can watch it on, like online and stuff like that. That would be your best bet if you're, if you don't like the the giant crowds. Right. You time mentioned out. that you've time been. Out. Oh, pause. What's an agoraphobia? A fear of people. Ah, thank you so much. Continue. <laughs> so, uh, if you you mentioned that you've been to a previous uh, Comic Con, is this number two? Is this number three? Uh, how many have you been to so far? This for is City? number. This is number two. Getting inside. And uh, number four overall. Okay. The other two, I, I did just the out, the free outside stuff, which in and of itself is a great experience, too. What do they have outside? Outside, um, FX sets up something. Um, let's see. I, I missed it this year for the most part. Last year, they had set up like a little uh, a snow globe of Fargo you could walk into. They had an American Horror Story, um, like, money grab game where um you could go into um they had something for i don't even know that that it's not the headless horseman show although they did have something for um whatever that ichabod crane show was that fx had um they had a like a uh demon drop type ride for scream queens uh the peanuts movie was out last year so they had like a big like peanuts house you can go into there um, X-Men, I think they had, they still had a Days of Future Past booth up from, even though it was like the year before, they still had a Days of Future Past mini exhibit you can go into. It was Days of Future Past and not, uh, Apocalypse? But that was last year's. This oh, year, last I, year, right. Yeah. I saw they had something for X-Men Apocalypse, Apocalypse set up, even though it was, you know, it already come out. They still had something set up for it. Just, just little, though. Okay. Did they have a statue... Uh, from uh, of Superman from the uh, Donald Justice BVS. Movie. Oh yes, they did. I did walk by that uh, at night. Uh, they had yeah, it was the the uh, graffitied one too from the movie. Okay, that's cool. Did false god on there? So obviously they repaired that statue because in the movie it uh, it was destroyed by Doomsday, which you know this actually happened, right? 
Yes, yes, that movie was an actual documentary. Okay, that's what I assumed. So I, they, this must be a replica then, or is this just repaired? I imagine a, re- a replica. Okay, good to know. So how many cons have you been to? And hold on, before I go any farther, anytime I say con and anytime I hear the word con, I immediately go to Star Trek. Does anybody else? <laughs> I, I don't. As, as well you should, yes. Okay. Well, I've not been to any con from Star Treks, um, but I've been to... Uh, oh, I, I've lost count. Um, just this past year alone, I went to... Well, I tabled at Long the Long Beach Comic Expo and uh, WonderCon. And then I've gone to WonderCon pretty much every year since I've, I've been in California. Uh, Stan Lee has a comic show out in LA that I go to every year and I'm uh, tabling at that for the first time this year. Oh cool. Um and then yeah with the with the tabling at shows I've actually been to even more shows than I go to normally. Like a lot of smaller you wouldn't like they wouldn't even be conventions per se because they're like at just like like hotel rooms and stuff like that. But um I've been to quite a few. So I've only been to I went to the Peoria one here uh, this this year, uh, I think it was the second year for that, the Peoria Arts and Comics Expo. They called it the Peoria Ace. Um, and it was a, a decent thing for a local, you know, presentation. Not up nearly to any sort of level that you would expect for SDCC or even Chicago. Uh, but I went to Chicago uh, C2E2. I think I went twice. And I that's, went to, uh, that's one of the major shows. Yeah. And I went to WonderCon up in Chicago once. And I gotta say, C two E two blows WonderCon out of the out Wait, of the water. Was it WonderCon you were at, or was it WizardCon? Wizard, like one of the sorry, World yeah. Games. Wonders in Atlanta, I think, right? Yeah, what, yeah. It, it started in San Fran, then it worked its way to Anaheim. It was in LA this year because of like Anaheim construction, and then it's moving back to Anaheim next year. Okay, yeah. So I've only been to just a handful. Uh, Mo, have you been to any cons yet? I have never conned. Do you want to? <laughs> Only if it's a Hulk con. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you go there, you'll see Hulk stuff. By the way, yes, when I was in the airport I, today, I saw this woman who had to be at least in her 60s wearing a Hulk shirt walking by. Yes! <laughs> Grandma got game! <laughs> I've seen Lou Ferrigno at several shows I've been to. Um, I'm trying to... I think he's... Yeah, I've been, he wasn't at... If he was at San Diego, I missed him, but... Um, uh, yeah, you'll de- there's definitely a Hulk around somewhere. You should go, Mo, if there's one. I, I think there's one in Dallas. There's, That's there's a San far, Antonio right? one, actually. Is there? Coming in, like, October. Um, my comic book shop was actually talking to me, like, hey, you want to buy tickets? And I was like, I've never conned. I don't know if I ever will. Dude, you got we'll to go check it out. You'll love it. If you want to ease into it, go on a Sunday. Sundays are always the uh, the, the most chill day of a show. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> and or you can go on the first day too. Yeah, like the Thursday. Avoid yeah, Saturday. That's day. always the busiest day. But Saturdays so, where but, all the good cosplayers go. Yeah, the cosplayers will be at. They, yeah, they're out in full force Saturday, but they'll always be cosplay the whole the whole weekend of a convention. Mm-hmm. There's some mm-hmm. Mo. There's some amazing cosplay that you can see. Like people, for me, I love the Star Wars stuff, so they do really good. Um, uh, Stormtroopers, obviously, with, like, the 501st. Vader's, they do really good Jedi and Sith and just kind of cool interpretations. But they also do, like, you know, you'll see Ghostbusters. You'll see anything from pop culture. You'll see people walking around as Iron Man or Thor. Uh, you'll see people trying to walk around as a green guy, which I assume is the Hulk. It could be the, the green giant <laughs> bean guy. Um, yeah. But it's 
It's something that I think you could go, and if you painted yourself green and wore some purple shorts, I think uh, I think you'd get some people wanting your picture. Oh, easily. That's true, because, I mean, again, I'm 6'7", 300 pounds. I'm a pretty, pretty gigantic dude. I think you should do oh, it. Perfect Hulk. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I've never... I, I've cosplayed once in my whole life, and it was only because uh, I was so jacked to go to the Harry Potter movies. Me and a friend dressed up. She went as uh, Hermione, and I went as Hagrid. Ah, super um, rad. That was a, uh, but I, I mean, we, I was. You should bust that out for a convention. There's tons of Harry Potter cosplay around. I think I was 17. <laughs> I think it was when the first movie came out. Then you might not fit in that outfit anymore. I don't think. I, yeah. <laughs> nope. No, not anymore. That was a, that was a, you know, 275 pound Mo. So I, I do think Mo that you ought to check it out. Uh, the coolest stuff. Like I love going to Artist Alley. Uh, just walking up and down the artist's rows. What, and what that is, is people, like uh, Steve was saying, you'll see artwork by every, everybody there that has their artwork on display. They'll have mm-hmm. prints that you can buy. Um, they'll do com- commissions for you right there on the spot. You say, hey, draw a picture of the Hulk or draw a picture of this or that. Um, you come I got back a quick and- tip for you there. Um, if for commissions, it's best to um, like if you know you want a commissioned, they have they'll usually have like an advanced list you can do because their mm-hmm. their commission spots will fill up fast. Yeah, and this may not so, be something that you do with the first con you go to. Maybe yeah. if you go to a con and you say, "Hey, this dude was here last year, and I really liked this print that I got from him." Maybe if I can look him up online and hit him up on Facebook and say, "Hey, I'm going to be at the con. You think you could draw this?" Uh, that'd probably be like like Steve said a good way to do that too. How much do they normally charge for that? For commission? It varies by the person. Yeah. I've seen them range from not that much, like 20, to quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> like 100. It depends would, on how they would, do it, too. I would yeah. really love that Coach Mo Hulk team-up picture to be drawn someday. You can do it. You, they could do it. There's some pretty talented artists out there. You just got to figure out... Like, if you walk up and down Artist Alley, and if someone's artwork strikes you and you really like what they do, if they even if they have, like, a rendition of the Hulk that they have, that's even better because you can kind of understand what they would go with. And mm-hmm. then they could draw it. I mean, they could make it for you. It might not be... Um, how long would it take for a, a typical uh, uh, commission to be done, do you think, Steve? Um, probably, I would guess maybe... Uh, depends on the size, but I would, offhand, I would say at least an hour minimum. Yeah, so you can say, I want this, and then you can come back later and check it out. Sweet. But yeah. I would, I mean, um, I'll yeah. go ahead now. I'll tell you a sec. I was just going to say that the, uh, the experience of going on the show floor and just walking up and down and just seeing all these artists, being a chance to shake their hand, to talk to them, and just understand you know, their motivations, their backstories, um, and you know what they want to talk about it's really cool to just kind of get more behind the scenes you've you've seen their names on comic books you know in the top corners when you when you uh look at the artwork on there or maybe they'll just read it but actually being able to talk to someone and see what they can do is really cool oh i uh uh, oh, first, Mo, I, uh, I saw a little piece of Hulk artwork. I was going to uh, I look, uh, get you if I could find the artist at, the, at San Diego, but I don't think he was there. Oh, okay. um, but I think he's an L.A. artist, so I think I, I should run into him at some point. I'll, I'll pick it up for you when, I'm, when I run into him again. 
So send uh, me his name, and I'll be sending lots of emails. <laughs> uh, Lack Lim, I believe. L A K is the first name, and then L I M is the uh, second is his last okay. name. All right. Uh, oh, we. Um, my friend, uh, my my friend slash business partner, partner uh, Lady Beaver. I've probably talked about her before, because mm-hmm. um, we do the uh, live comics, uh, comic prov at shows. Um, she wasn't able to. Uh, she uh, went Thursday, but she wasn't able to go Saturday. And she wanted to meet uh, Lisa Hannawalt. She draws uh, BoJack Horseman, among uh, other, you know, plus her own work. So uh, she had me. Uh, you know, asked me to get her autograph for her. So I, I did. She was standing at the, um, I believe it was the Fanographics. No, not the Fanographics table. But she, uh, she was signing, uh, she was signing at a table, and I uh, uh, got her autograph. And I said, "Oh, my friend's so bummed. She uh, missed you. Um, and would, would you mind signing this book to her?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure. What's her name?" I said, "Could you sign it to Lady Beaver, please?" And she's like, "Sure thing." And she's like, "What animal should I draw in here?" And I quickly said, "Beaver." And she equally said that's what i figured but i uh just figured i'd ask so she uh in seconds drew this awesome naked lady beaver and um when i sent her the picture of it uh she absolutely like died she's like oh my god this is the greatest thing ever (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's the magic of comic-con is when you uh track down that 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 person whose stuff is just like so amazing and uh you get to meet them uh, this this is a step in the direction of when uh, Erica does finally meet Lisa Hannawaltz. They will it will be like just the ultimate com- uh, full round circle thingy mabobber of life completion. But getting the autograph for her was a major step. So I was glad I was able to do that for her, and I'm glad she enjoyed it and that Lisa had fun drawing the the naked beaver. <laughs> uh, that's funny. And you met her this past uh, Comic Con SDCC. Yeah, just. Uh, yeah, uh, just last Saturday, yes. Nice. Very cool. Mo, do you have any questions for Steve that he could answer for the Comic-Con experience? No, I was I was just taking it in and listening, and I just, I wish um, I had that, how do I say that? Design. I'm so new, I'm so new to comics that when he's naming off like these artists and he's talking about that stuff, I don't know it yet. Like I, I literally can only tell you one artist for the Hulk right now. And I've read all of these comics. I mean, that I've got almost 400 Hulk comics in my collection. And the only artist I know is the OG Kirby. Um, I wish I, I need to like, as I listen to this, I'm going, I need to pay attention to who these artists are. <laughs> like I need, I need to sit there and go, who did this cover that I absolutely love and adore that I spent two hundred dollars on to buy because it's one of those um, exclusive variant covers. Yet I don't know who drew it, and and I just was really enjoying listening to talk. I'm like, ah, I need to pay more attention to this stuff because it comes the more you uh, just the more mm-hmm. you read, the more it comes. Because for the longest time, I never really paid attention to like who wrote what book and who drew drew what book. I'm like, oh, this is really good, and then somebody asked me who wrote, is like. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I'm still at that uh, that infant stage of my comic knowledge where I'm sitting there going, I need to really pay attention to this stuff and find out who these artists are that I absolutely love and adore so that I can continue to follow their work. So that was all. I think that if you check out that San Diego, not San Diego, San Antonio uh, con, I think mm-hmm. if you walk down Artist Alley, you'll kind of understand. Because 
like you, I mean, I'm not to the level that Steve is, obviously, of knowing a lot of artists and everything yet either, because I'm still relatively new to appreciating comics. But it's, if you walk up and down and just, like, see the work that they do, you, they'll have uh, some comics of the covers that they've drawn, probably. So you can be like, oh, you drew that? You know, and then you can talk to me about that. Maybe if you have a cover, and if you mm-hmm. know that they're going to be there, some of them will sign it. They'll probably charge you for it, but they'll probably sign it for you. Um, but it's one of those things that if you go check it out, if you have if you have the opportunity to do it, you you you, I would. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something else you can do too is they do. Um, you might see when you go to the comic book store. There's a lot of like blank covers. That's that's becoming a thing now where like they're uh, like sketch variants. So that way you can take. Um, you know, like that blank cover comic and anybody's art that you see, you'd be like, oh, hey, could you, uh, you know, draw if it's like uh, Wolverine, be like, oh, hey, could you draw Wolverine on this cover for me, please? And then um, you got yourself, you know, got yourself a super cool Wolverine drawing from an artist whose art you really like. Mm-hmm. And you could get a Star Wars, you know, variant cover or not a variant cover, a sketch cover and have him draw the Hulk on it. And then that would be canon. You'd, they couldn't deny you. He would be in the <laughs> I love that. That's that's the best idea you've ever had. <laughs> Hulk smash dark side. <laughs> let the Hulk on a Star Destroyer. <laughs> All right. So any final thoughts on SDCC this year, Steve? Ah, oh, just uh, so fantastic. It was uh, I wasn't planning on going this year at all. So I'm, I'm so glad that the opportunity came and uh yeah, it was just fantastic, and I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully, I'll I'll have a table at next year's show, um, but if not, I'll be um, I'll be there for sure, either inside or outside, hanging out and doing all the uh, free outside stuff. I'm gonna have to plan on going to SDCC one of these years. I just it's so far away from Central Illinois to get out to San Diego. It, it was difficult enough to get to LA. <laughs> oh yeah, but it's. Yeah. It's at least a 20-minute bike ride. Yeah. You're cutting out a little bit, Steve. I think you're you're going into WonderCon's a good show, too, to get to. It's like... Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Am I here? Can you hear me? <laughs> I think you've materialized once more. Oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Smith got me. I, I think we're still kind of losing you just a little bit, but... It's okay. Um, I I think that you were talking about WonderCon being a cool experience as well. Oh, yeah. WonderCon, yeah. It's like San Diego Comic Con, but you can actually get tickets to it. Because San Diego sells out insanely fast. Okay. Good to know. So if I want to plan to go to SDCC, I need to get those tickets as soon as they go on sale. Exactly. Cool. Well, before we lose you to the annals of the Matrix... (laughs) Let's go ahead and talk about some of the trailers, namely the Justice League and Wonder Woman trailers that came out uh, at SDCC, because as we said, they do a lot of stuff for movies and promotions there for that. And I don't think anyone was really expecting a Justice League trailer just yet, but the fact that they had one uh, was really cool. So let's talk about that one first. Mo, do you have any thoughts on the Justice League trailer? I do, and we were actually talking it uh, before the we started the show, but... Okay, so there were six Marvel MCU movies prior to the Avengers. So we had investment in multiple characters, multiple stories combining into one thing. 
the only movie I have right now to base Justice League off of is going to be Batman vs Superman, which wasn't great. <laughs> you also have Man of Steel. So I have. Mm, do we? That doesn't help. <laughs> do we, like I was trying not to count it. I was trying to be nice to DC, um, and I'm sitting there going, "Why show this? Like you already messed up by casting the wrong Flash. Um, show me." Wonder Woman, show me Aquaman, get me invested in them, then Justice League it up. But right now I'm sitting there going, okay, so you stole my money, and now you want me to get hyped to go see another movie? <laughs> I don't know. Like, So as somebody who's, again, very, very newborn babyish to DC, I, I don't have a reason to be excited about this. I didn't. It didn't get me pumped at all. So that was my naysayer opinion. Do you guys have, uh, what do you guys have to add? So I kind of have a counterpoint to that because the, this, again, I'm of the camp that Grant Gaston, I think is his name, from the Flash TV series has been a really good Flash. And he's, you know, he's kind of built a character into something that people love and can connect to now. Mm -hmm. And with them casting a totally different person in the movie, it was kind of like, hey, you know, we don't care about the work that you've done. Thanks for pumping up the character, but you're not going to be our guy. And it was kind of, you know, it didn't it didn't sit well with me. Doesn't, but, yeah. But what they did with this trailer, with the little bit they showed of the Flash, it made me kind of open up and warm up to that portrayal and that character a little bit. So I'm just curious to see how they portray it and how it'll actually all function uh, the way that it's... Because it looks like... With this Flash, he's more portrayed in the Speed Force, at least in this instance he was, uh, than he is just being really fast. So I want to see how they kind of play with that a little bit. Kind of like how they have Quicksilver in the X-Men movies. You know, how everybody else is super slow and he's just like normal speed or fast. So I think that that would be really cool. Uh, as far as the other characters go, they did make Aquaman look a little bit more interesting than they did in Ju Justice, uh, Dawn of Justice. Because in Dawn of Justice, he's just a video of him holding yeah, his breath. Yeah, I think breath. he pokes a camera with his, yeah. with his trident. <laughs> he's holding his breath, slowly moving towards the camera, and then like pokes it with his trident, and then he like swims away. Uh, that's all you saw of him in Dawn of Justice. And this one looks more interesting because he's obviously on land, and there's a little scuffle between him and Bruce, so that looks pretty cool. Uh, Wonder Woman, obviously, I'm. we'll talk about her trailer in a minute, but anything with her in it right now I think is really cool because I like that character the The introduction we got to her in Dawn of Justice is probably one of the best things to come out of that movie um, and then the uh, the cyborg stuff doesn't really look good it doesn't I mean and I'm not really a huge cyborg fan I don't know much about cyborg honestly but this I don't I don't like him being in the Justice League Is is that does anybody else feel like Cyborg's just a little out of place in this movie, in this iteration of the Justice League? I do, but only because, isn't he a Teen Titan? Exactly. Yeah, so he is. Shouldn't he be at the little kid table? Like, why are they inviting <laughs> him to Thanksgiving dinner with the big kids? <laughs> well, you gotta Should remember that. Robin the... doing, you know, sidekick stuff? <laughs> at this point, uh, it's like 20 years after Teen Titans probably would have been around, so maybe he's been around for a while, but... At the same time, there has been no Teton Titans because they're just now finding each other, so there hasn't yeah. been anything like this yet. Uh, but yeah, I think, he's a young, a I think in the movie, I think he's young, too. I think he's, like, 
high school age, maybe college age at most. Yeah, I mean, in Down and Justice, he looks like he's... Um, it looks like it's true to the origin story with the father and the son trying to save his son with the boombox technology or whatever they call it. Is it it's not boombox, is it? Boom cube? What is it called? Motherbox. Boomtube. Motherbox. Motherbox, yeah. Please call it boombox. <laughs> what are boomtubes, boom though? Because I think boomtubes are something. Yeah, boomtubes are the, the transportation, like interstellar travel type wormhole thing. Um, I want to see the scene where they put a boombox up on Cyborg and he just like comes <laughs> to life. It's like, yeah, it's my jam. Um, it's going to be John Cusack, too. That's what I was seeing. <laughs> <laughs> Please have John Cusack in this movie. It'll make it so much better. Uh, but so I, Cyborg doesn't do anything for me at all. If anything, he detracts of, from the movie for me because his suit completely looks CG. Like, it does not look any sort of practical. Like, him, there was a scene in this trailer with him talking to Batman. And Batman's suit, obviously, is a suit. He has a, He's... Ben Affleck is wearing that thing. And it just did not look right. Like, the way he talked, the way his jaw moved and stuff, just, it didn't didn't work for me. It just doesn't, you know what I mean? It just didn't feel right. So, as far as that goes, uh, it looks interesting. Lantern-y. Lan- eh, a little bit, yeah. But, speaking of Green Lantern, he's nowhere to be seen. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think he's in this. No, I don't, I don't think so. Dawn of Justice, and it sounds like he wasn't in the trailer, so. Uh-uh. If yeah. they would just if DC would have called me, I could have helped him fix all of this. <laughs> you add Arrow, you add uh, real Flash, not second round Flash. There you go. You got those two: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. That's that's a good group of five that I support. Yeah, I but, mean, but if they had uh, Green Arrow, it would be too much of an analog, I think, to the Avengers at this point with Hawkeye. People be like, yeah. oh, look, they got their own Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, but look at how good the Avengers movies did. Uh huh. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want to have a little? I don't know. Someone to bring on the point. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, what did you think about the Justice League trailer? Like overall, I thought it was great. I I got a little bit more excited from it. it. I every like like I was saying, I liked everything about it that I saw. Except for the cyborg stuff. Regretfully, I have yet to watch the uh, Justice League trailer. I saw two of them up close, so I um, that covers for me. Not uh, that's my that's my excuse for not seeing the trailer yet. Was that I, I only that uh, I saw them live and in person. Wonder Woman and Superman. Yeah, yeah, at Comic Con, coming just yeah, coming out of the DC uh, or coming into the DC booth. I guess that counts. We'll let you slide yeah. this time. I support it. <laughs> uh, so then let's move on to the Wonder Woman trailer. Have you seen that one, Steve? Uh, Mo, start start with Mo, and I'll catch you up in a second. <laughs> okay. <I'll> just... <laughs> Mo, what, what am, did you I'm think? Ver- about I'm this one? super hyped. Again, she was the best thing from the Batman v Superman movie. Like mm-hmm. her ten minutes of screen time had you all hyped. I'm really excited to see how they tie in how long she's been around into this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, again, I don't know her backstory well enough to know has she been around 50 years, 100 years, like, how long? But I'm really jacked to see everything going on with her being uh, Wonder Woman. She's, what's she called? An M- Amazonian? Amazonian, yeah. Amazon, M- M- that? <laughs> I'm really, she's I'm from really the Amazon. 
Yes. She's an Amazon really... warrior. She yeah, orders I stuff mean... and you get it two days later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> She's got Prime on lock. She's got um... an invisible jet that she delivers packages with. <laughs> That's how they do it. Oh, quick note. That was something I missed at Comic-Con was they had the invisible jet on display, but <laughs> I couldn't find it. Partially because it was invisible. But... Uh-huh. I heard about that. That was pretty funny. <laughs> So I'm really excited for that. Um, I really hope that her and Batman hook up. I don't know if that's. I th- I think she's supposed to be a Superman, but I just love Ben Affleck flirting with her. Like I I want to see how that. I would love to see a Batman Wonder Woman maybe. Mm-hmm. A Batty Man. What? A, won- oh, a Wonder Bat? <laughs> Wonder Man. Wonder Man. <laughs> Um, so confused with yeah. Simon Williams, aka Wonder Man of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> you know, whenever I think of Wonder Man, I think of Ren and Stimpy for some reason. I think of the Powdered Toast Man. Powdered Toast Man. Oh, <laughs> that's that's some cosplay that I've seen before. That's incredible. Like, there's all sorts of cosplay that you'll see at a show, and I, I've seen Powdered Toast Man a few times, and it's incredible. That's awesome. <laughs> does he does he walk backwards like he's flying? <laughs> yes. Uh, so. Continue on, Mo. Uh, your thoughts on the yeah. Wonder Woman trailer. So, again, just super excited to see how that story develops from her. From the. Was that World War II? Uh, was it World War One, I? I believe. Even, right. It might have been a conflict before that because in Dawn of Justice, that picture that, that he found of her was dated 1918. Mm-hmm. So, that would have been World War One prior to World War One. Yeah, like the beginning of the okay. conflicts, maybe. Yep. So I'm really excited to see, do they do kind of that backstory and bring it in? Kind of like how, bring it to my wheelhouse, Marvel, uh, where we had that Captain America, Agent Carter lead up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to see how she went through that and how that formed her character to be. And what has she been doing? Like, has she been a superhero this whole time? Has she been... Um, fighting for herself? Has she been, you know, choosing sides? And and I just want to know more about that. That's the stuff that had me the most excited. Yeah. I I bet that they're going to take the the fact that she fought in the war and then men never stopped fighting. And so she's like, I'm just going to leave you guys to your own demise until Donna Justice, where she comes out and fights Doomsday. Mm -hmm. I bet that's kind of the impression I get too, is just based on her, yeah, her appearance in, uh, in Dawn of Justice, where she seemed very detached from the the world going on, or the, from the world happenings. Mm-hmm. See, yeah, it didn't seem like she uh, the the destruction uh, in in Man of Steel didn't seem to bring her out of the shadows. Yeah, and I mean that was only eighteen months, right? So maybe she was trying to figure figure stuff out too, but she doesn't have the technological prowess, obviously, as Batman does, because in that movie you see. How she takes the thing that Batman was trying to decode, and then they kind of help each other out. But maybe she's trying to do her own work along that side because eight, 18 months had passed between Man of Steel and Down of Justice that she was in the area at least. So maybe she was trying to check things out. But you know, Generous Superman wears yes. glasses and nobody can tell. <laughs> Not even Wonder Woman. So was that your. Extend of your thoughts, Mo? Yeah, that was what I had. Okay. Steve, are you ready? I'm all caught up, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, somebody had compared this to um, 
Captain America, the first Avenger. And um, I kind of I definitely see where they're coming from there, um, which is perfect, which is perfectly fine. But because Captain America was a very well done movie and um, wonder people are so excited for Wonder Woman, like at, at my I, th- I heard this happening at multiple theaters um, when Wonder Woman uh, came on the screen, uh, both uh, uh, during the movie and even going back to the uh, the trailer I saw during uh, uh, Force Awakens for Batman vs Superman. Wonder Woman got like a huge ovation. Um, people are very hungry for a well done Wonder Woman, and she, you know, you could Batman or Donna Justice, not good, but Wonder Woman was awesome and. Uh, this trailer looks like they're going to do Wonder Woman justice, which is what everybody is uh, looking for. So, um, yeah, I, um, without um, this this trailer, if I didn't, if I, you know, I already, already wanted to see Wonder Woman, of course, but if I didn't want to see Wonder Woman, this trailer would make me say, yeah, I'll go check this out. Yeah, this movie looks good, in my opinion. I I've been hungry, like the rest of the people that you mentioned, uh, for a good Wonder Woman on screen, like modern adaptation, because they, you know, they did the TV show back in the day, but I mean, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. I think that with what we saw with Donna Justice, like we have alluded to already, uh, I agree that she was probably one of the strongest things to come out of that movie. Um, just the way that she brought the character to the screen breathed some life into the character of Wonder Woman as well as, you know, I think as Diana Prince is her is her um, pseudonym, if you call it that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when she was fighting, I mean, you can tell that she's probably not had combat like that for a long time, right? Because she was a warrior, Amazonian, and they're a warrior culture, obviously, and so she was fighting in the war in 1918 with that group. And then if she was dormant for a long time, she was kind of thirsty for a little bit more of that that battle because as a warrior, you need that, right? And so you kind of saw that in the way that she brought that character to life and the way that she was portrayed in that movie. And Gal Gadot did a really good job, you know, embodying that. And they had that, uh, that music that kicks in whenever one room is on the screen that everybody seems to really enjoy, myself included. It's kind of like that, that that scene or that theme. And they had that at the end of the trailer when they showed the Wonder Woman logo. And I'm just like, that got me pumped. That was a good trailer, well put together, got me hyped for the movie. And I think, are both of those movies coming out next year or is one next year and one the year after? Uh, one, uh, you're talking about Wonder Woman and uh, Justice League, right? Yeah, because she's what? in both. Wonder Woman this year, Justice League next year. Or no, Wonder Woman 2017, year. Justice League 2018. Okay, cool. So, for three consecutive years, three consecutive years, we'll get Wonder Woman in a movie. So, that's kind of cool. That is very cool. I support it. I'm, I'm glad we have your vote of confidence, Mo. <laughs> Thank you. I, that, means sorry. that means a lot to me. I, I like Wonder Woman. Wonder I think she's Woman. cool. <laughs> I've been watching the old uh, '70s show too recently, and uh, I dig it. It's a you know, it's naturally got its '70s uh, corniness to it, but uh, but yeah, they they actually do a, a really good job capturing um, the the basics of Wonder Woman, and she was up until recently the best portrayal of Wonder Woman that had been done. 
Well, wasn't she like the only portrayal? Um, I mean, they got it right is what I should say because yes, that's exactly <laughs> correct. I was trying. I thought well, there there was a, a movie before. There was a TV movie of Wonder Woman before that TV show, and they botched it big time. Like Wonder, the only thing she had in common with Wonder Woman was that her name was Diana Prince. But <laughs> nothing else. Like the co- the costume wasn't right. The um, the hair. I think she was blonde. I think she wore a bodysuit, and she didn't have any superpowers. It, it was just it was just a mess. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's failed attempts too. Like the uh, oh, actually, one thing I did out in L.A. last year was. Um, one of the uh, comic book stores out here, they've been getting a hold of old scripts and having um, having like table readings of those scripts. And they actually got a hold of the uh, the Joss Whedon written uh, Wonder Woman and did a table read of that. And uh, uh, that was a good movie. Um, you could definitely pick up on the Whedon-ness, uh, the Joss Whedon effect on it. Uh, Steve Trevor felt a little like Xander from uh, Buffy. But um, that would have been a good movie if they had made it. So for the uninitiated like Mo, that are kind of wondering about DC a little bit, and you know a little bit of the heritage. Obviously, these new movies and these new films are going in their own direction. Uh, they got the new comic line that's kind of doing their own thing as well. But for those of us who kind of grew up with these characters, and Steve, I wonder if you'll agree, um, there's there's some really well done. Uh, Justice League animated movies that DC Animation or WB Animation has put out. Uh, Steve, have you watched any of the animated movies that uh, feature the Justice League? Um, I've watched I watched a few of those movies. Um, they're really they they're really well done. I haven't been, I haven't been able to keep up with them, um, but they they uh, the ones I've seen have been fantastic. I'm I'm not hearing good things about the Killing Joke, but that's getting off off target here. Uh, but Staying going on target. Yes, exactly. Along the lines of what you're saying, um, did you what have you seen Justice League Unlimited? I have um, because the... that's that's a very well done show that is e- an easy introduction to the DC universe. I would actually say bef- before Unlimited, there were two seasons. I think it was of just yes, Justice League. Just, just yeah. Whereas the smaller team, it was like the core group of Superman, yes. Batman, Wonder Woman. Uh, Flash, Green Lantern, John Stewart, Green Lantern. John Stewart, Green Lantern is my favorite, probably because of that TV show. Yes, yeah. When the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern came out, there was actually like uh, people upset because they had, they had only known John Stewart, Green Lantern from that show, and were were you know upset that it was Ryan Reynolds. Thinking, hey, what the heck? Where's uh, where's John Stewart? Mm-hmm. He retired from the night night talk shows. That's, that's exactly funny. yeah. <laughs> Politics. So- down (laughs) (laughs) so mo for for your benefit and for any of the listeners that uh want a couple introductory you know animated movies that you know they're an hour and a half maybe to watch that give you some good uh story about why the justice league is cool and they're popular um for wonder woman specifically there's a good one just called wonder woman (laughs) it was in 2009 you might want to write that down that's a little tricky to remember (laughs) yeah write that one down uh from 2009 it was it's the i think like an origin story for wonder woman it's really good um and then another one that's really good is justice league doom but don't watch that one until you watch justice league war because war is kind of the one that brings a lot of them together uh, that one also actually includes Shazam, so it's like uh, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Shazam. Time out. So Shaquille O'Neal's in it. <laughs> he is not, 
But good pull. That's like what that. you just said. I like where you your head's at. I, I hope um, I'm hoping since since I haven't ju- watched the Justice League trailer yet, when I do watch it, I'm hoping that the villain is Kazam. <laughs> I want to see the Justice League versus Shaq. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Shaq wins. <laughs> so as far as uh, the ones, I want there's 26. It looks like that have been released so far. I'm just gonna run through them real quick. I think I've watched all of them, so I'll give my quick takes. Uh, the first one listed on here is Superman Doomsday, and that one was okay. It was obviously um, following the Doomsday storyline a little bit, and it was just kind of based on the death of the Superman comic line. Uh, so in case you didn't know, and spoilers for possibly for Justice League. Very uh, old spoilers, yes. Not, not Justice League, but fo- spoilers for Superman, the comic line, and spoilers for uh, Dawn of Justice. Three, two, one... Superman died, quote-unquote. Uh, Doomsday killed him uh, in, in a stupid way. That doesn't really make sense. Um, because he stuck him with like some sort of... He formed his uh, bone into like a, uh, a spear or a little dagger and kind of punched at Superman when he was coming at him with the kryptonite. Which he shouldn't be able to fly with the kryptonite anyway, so there's all kinds of wrong about that scene. Anyway, <laughs> the... Uh, this show is actually pretty good um, adaptation of it. So that was one of the first ones that we released, and that was September twenty first of two thousand seven. And then there was Justice League: The New Frontier, which was uh, oh my god, that's so fantastic! The 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 movie or the comic that it's based off of? Um, I I haven't read the comic it's based off of, but the movie was incredible. Okay, yeah. So the movie was interesting. Um, I. I can't really remember it a lot. I just remember the the art style was kind of off-putting to me initially, but the story was good. Because um, that one had like a weird kind of art style compared to the other ones. Yeah, it was kind of like Silver Age-y, uh, Golden Age, yeah. Silver Age art. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, after that, in 2008, came Batman Gotham Knight. And that was kind of a collection of short stories, I think it was, um, about people that have, quote-unquote, seen the bat. You know, they were talking about seeing the bat. And then I think there was one little bit that featured him doing something. Uh, so that one was okay, but not necessarily needs to be watched. It was kind of like an anime-inspired uh, uh, art design. Then in 2009, there was the Wonder Woman that we talked about. Uh, then there was Green Lantern First Flight, which, I don't know, that was in 2009 as well. Green Lantern is just, it was better than the Green Lantern movie that they did with uh, <laughs> uh, Ryan Reynolds, but still, it was just okay. Um if you want to watch a Green Lantern movie, First Flight's an actual good story about why he becomes Green Lantern and the origin of Green Lantern. So it's a good origin story if you want to check it out. But just for me, it doesn't do much to, to endear me to the character of Green Lantern because it is Hal Jordan uh, and not Jon Stewart like it should be. <laughs> uh, then they have in 2009 as well, uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies. And this kind of pits the two of them together. Um kind of based on the uh the world's finest story arc so that one was interesting i saw that one too that was good yeah that was a good watch the Uh, comic was better but that was good yeah i mean the the comic line was a little bit longer and they distilled down the main points i guess to the the public enemies but that's not a bad not a bad show either justice league crisis on two worse that is a very boiled down take on the 
Crisis uh, on Infinite Earths, I think it is, right? Or is it actually based on the 2009 uh, comic for Earth 2? It might actually be based on Earth 2. Or was that... Because I think... Didn't they just fight, like, the mirror versions of themselves? Yeah, because the mirror versions were, like, the bad... Like, they were evil versions. Yeah, like, super... Like, Ultraman was Superman and... uh, Yeah. I forget who they all were, but they all all had one. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was released in 2010, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. Not essential, but good uh, supplementary material. Batman Under the Red Hood. This is fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. That was that was one. Yeah, that was a very good one. Yeah, and especially, Mo, uh, or any listeners that have not, who don't know who the Red Hood is, watch this movie or either watch this movie or read the books that are based on him because it's really good. The movie's really well done, I think. Red Hood? Batman Under the Red Hood. So it's Robin? (laughs) Is it? It is a Robin, yes. (laughs) You should watch it and let us know what you think. It is... I think think it will. Hearing you get so excited made me go, okay, I can get some tingles in. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a lot of these that I'm mentioning have been or are on Netflix streaming or Amazon Instant Video. Uh, so mm. check some of those sources, too, because they're pretty easy to get a hold of. Uh, also, before I go any further, essential, not essential, but <laughs> really good watching uh, is the 90s Batman cartoon. Uh, it's oh, on essential. Amazon Instant Video Prime. Huh. Uh, I, think I don't think I've ever seen any of those. Oh, that's that's really good. You need to watch that. There's some, there's some really good ones on there. Um, that could be a whole discussion on its own, Steve. We go through and talk about some of those, like the yes. like the ten that essential seri- episodes. That series re- is re- is responsible for uh, Harley Quinn, mm-hmm. uh, that we all the Harley Quinn that we all know and love because she got her origin on the the animated series. Hmm. I didn't know that. Mm, there you go. Um, so Batman Under the Red Hood definitely worth a watch. I like it a lot. Superman Batman Apocalypse. That one obviously is based on the character uh, Apocalypse who comes in. And I can't really remember a lot of that story. Or was it the Doomsday? Not Doomsday. Um, Darkseid. Darkseid. Yeah, from Apocalypse. Um, I was I was crossing him with X Men for a minute there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's from the Planet Apocalypse. And this also in- involves Supergirl in this one too. So um, there's a little bit more than that. I think it has all of the Justice League in it really than uh, than just those three. But that one was okay. Not bad. Uh, then All-Star Superman, which is a weird one. Not essential watching, but decent Fantastic comic. I, didn't, I, I keep meaning to watch the movie to see to compare it to the comic. But yeah, that comic was incredible. One of the best Superman stories out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, different kind of drawing uh, on, the, on the art for the uh, actual comic, or the cartoon itself. Mm. Uh, Green Lantern Emerald Knights. I can't remember this one, but I think... So here's the synopsis on this one. Uh, It's similar to Batman on uh, Gotham Knight. It's an anthology film that tells a series of stories featuring various members of the Green Lantern Corps, including Ebon Sur, Sinestro, Kilowog, and Mogo. Um, It was not a sequel to First Flight, but it used the same character's designs and a cameo by Chip, uh, who had a speaking role in the previous film. So uh, Nathan Fillion voiced Hal Jordan. A lot of people like Nathan Fillion as an actor. I think he does a good job with his voice work that he does. And... uh, I, I don't think I've seen this one actually. Emerald Knights just does not sound familiar, uh, and that one came out in 2011. So I might have to seek that one down to watch it. I have most of these movies on Blu-ray, 
But this one, being a Green Lantern, I might not have watched because it was Green Lantern. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Still had the taste in your mouth. Yeah. Now, this next one is definitely essential if you want to if you want to get the origin story of batman and that is batman year one it's an adaptation of the frank miller story by the same name uh it was released in 2011 and it is amazing it is really good the the comic for one thing is essential reading watch this movie uh or read the comic one or the other but the the movie was really well done good voice acting i think brian cranston who was from breaking bad and uh malcolm in the middle he was jim gordon which is kind of pretty cool and ben ben mckenzie who plays gordon in the uh the new uh gotham tv show he played the voice or he had he did the voice of batman which is kind of funny so you had brian cranston who uh did the voice of james gordon but benjamin mckenzie does Batman and Benjamin McKenzie plays Gordon on the TV show now. So, and then you got Eliza Dushku as Selena Kyle uh, and Katie Sackhoff as another character. But it was it was a really good, really well done uh, Batman storyline to get the origin of Batman. So write that one down, Mo, for sure. Yes, yeah, so I second that one. Justice okay. League Doom is another really good one. Um, this one's a follow-up to Crisis on Two Earths, as far as that storyline goes. So this is a sequel to that one. In this one, it's it's really good. Um, in the have you watched any of the what's that the third WB TV show that they did, Legends of Tomorrow? Mo, yes. Mo, have you watched any of that either? Mm. Okay. So the big bad of that TV show, his name is oh, what's his name? Vandal Savage. Yes, Vandal Savage. And he is the bad guy in Justice League Doom. And this is a way better Vandal Savage than that TV show had for sure. Um, And it's a really cool storyline. It's basically um, Vandal Savage finds out Batman's contingency plan for everybody because Batman always has a plan. You know, if anybody was to go rogue like Superman or whatever, he has a way to, to nullify them. So the whole synopsis is Vandal Savage finds out how Batman plans to do all this and then enacts it. So really good storyline, really good, just a good Justice League movie. I think that that is, if you want to get a good feel of what the Justice League is, that's really well done uh, storytelling. So I didn't see that movie, but that comic was a very well-written comic. Yeah. I haven't read that comic yet. That is based on the JLA story arc Tower of Babel. So, Superman versus the Elite, completely inessential story. Uh don't don't waste your time unless you want a Superman story. It's kind of dumb in a way. Did, did you watch this at all, Steve? I didn't see that one. No. It, I remember it played at I was playing at WonderCon when I was there and I thought about going to see it because it was like the world premiere, but I didn't end up making it. Yeah. It's based on what's so funny about truth, justice and the American way. Um, just not, it's not a great movie. It was not even a great story. It was just okay. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering it. Just, I just, I don't feel have good, good vibes from this one because it's just Superman versus some other guys. I do remember there's one scene where Superman looks like he's going total bad at one point and then it looks really cool from that point but 
Uh, well, if I remember, I remember a little bit about it. It was, I think, the like um, people were getting tired of Superman's like methods, and like when the elite came about, they were using like you know more lethal methods, and the public got behind them and were like abandoning Superman, and then, but then they have the uh, elite have like ulterior motives or something like that, and then mm-hmm. Superman ends up having to kick their ass. Yeah. And Pete gets everybody back on his side or something like that. There's the, the little bits I've, I've heard about it. Yeah. So that was Superman versus the Elite. Not essential, but it it's okay. I think it was released in 2012? Yeah, 2012. Then you have Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Now this uh, came out in two parts. Um, this So it's like a three-hour total runtime if you have part one and two together. But it's based off of the legendary comic by the same name, uh, The Dark Knight Returns. And, I mean, that's just essential essential reading for anybody who wants to get into comic books, Mo, uh, is The Dark Knight Returns comic. Um, But the movie wasn't wasn't bad. It actually did pretty good. It was hard. There's a lot of stuff to distill down into a three-hour movie, but they did a pretty good job doing it. So the movie is acceptable to watch it to get the story, but really you need to read that book because that book is really good. Agreed on both fronts. Yes. Hmm. So next we got Superman Unbound. And that one I think was with Brainiac. Uh, and it was just okay. I mean, nothing nothing amazing. I remember with that one, it was just kind of meh. It was just... It was a Superman story. I don't even but, remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we get to Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox. Now, this is fantastic. This is really good. This, uh, if I remember right, this comic book series actually s- set off the new 52. Yes, you're correct. And there is actually a whole bunch of Flashpoint event comics that came out, Mo. And there is one that was really good. I think it was only three parts. It was the Batman side. And... Mm-hmm. In the Flashpoint, I don't even know if I want to... Should, should I say this? Do you think I should say what happens to, to Batman? Just, uh... Oh, yeah, you can. I think maybe... We'll just give the spoiler alert warning. Just spoiler alert. But uh, otherwise, yeah, go for it. So, spoiler alert for Flashpoint Paradox. The Flash goes back and changes something that changes everything. And in doing so, um, Bruce, the boy, is killed in Crime Alley. But the father and the mother, um, Thomas and Martha Wayne, they live on, and Thomas actually becomes Batman, but a completely different type of Batman. So it's a really cool... Uh, that really? part is really cool. Are you being real with me, or are you messing me right now? No, no that's legit. legit. Yeah, track down that comic if you can. The yeah. Flash, Old Man Flashpoint Bat. Batman. Yeah. Okay. And it's really... I mean, Flashpoint Paradox, that movie uh, was really well done. That was probably one of the, It has to be one of the top three of these DC comic animated movies that they've done. Because um, the storyline is just so good. The storyline that they used was the Flashpoint storyline. And they did a really good uh, job trying to distill everything down into it. But man, it was just... There's a lot of characters to try to juggle in that. That's why you really... If you want the full story, read... You know, the Flash comic, the Batman comic, and the Superman comic, everything. Just, 
is really good. That is probably my number one, if not maybe my number two on this list. All right. So following that up, man, there's a lot of these. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. Following that up, it is uh, Justice League War. And this one is the origin storyline for Justice League. This is the one I was kind of getting at originally. If anybody wants to go th- and just get like a quick, hey, this is the formation of the Justice League. This is just one of the stories that kind of give you their origin. That would be Justice League War. It's pretty cool. Um, and then the sequel to that is Justice League Throne of Atlantis. Uh, obviously, it features Mr. Uh, Mr. Waterboy himself, uh, Aquaman. But it's actually a pretty cool iteration of Aquaman. So uh, Justice League War is the origin story. And then follow up that with Throne of Atlantis because that's really good. Son of Batman, that came out in 2014. That features Damian Wayne, obviously the son of Batman. So there's your storyline. And it was okay. Um, They kind of have two sequels to that, I think, going on. Uh, Batman versus Robin and then... Um, Justice League versus Teen Titans uh, follow that up so Son of Batman is okay Batman Assault on Arkham I didn't really care for this one very much it was kind of a Suicide Squad movie um, but it had Batman in it but it was really a Suicide Squad movie I don't know why they they just wanted to put Batman Assault on Arkham for some reason (laughs) Um, Justice League Throne of Atlantis then came out in 2015 uh, so not too too long ago, that was the follow up again to War, Batman versus Robin. The follow up to Son of Batman came out in 2015 as well. Uh, that one actually has Weird Al Yankovic as the doll maker in it. So oh wow, there you go. Uh, and this kind of follows the Court of Owls storyline if you're familiar with that from the New Fifty Two. Then you have Justice League Gods and Monsters, which I recently watched, and that is. Um, it was okay. It, completely not essential watching. It's just like an alternate reality. Uh, at the very beginning, instead of uh, Jor-El being the father of Superman, it is um, Zod. So Zod infuses his DNA into Superman little baby cube, and he goes away, and he becomes... He lands in Mexico, I think, <laughs> instead of uh, Kansas. So uh, interesting how things just change from there. Um, but it was okay, worth a watch. That was released in 2015. Batman Bad Blood, that one also was like a follow-up to the uh, Damian Wayne storyline movies. Uh, Batman disappears, and then the rest of the Bat family, including Batwoman, go to find out what happened to him. Then you got Justice League versus Teen Titans, which I just watched on the flight uh, that I went out to Georgia with recently, so I just recently watched that. That's the most fresh in my head. And it's okay, uh, again, with the, the Damian Wayne storyline. And if you're if you're a fan of the, the Teen Titans, it's kind of interesting. You kind of know where they're going to go with it. It's a different rendition of the Teen Titans. Uh, Starfire is leading the little group. And it looks like uh, Nightwing and stuff are separate. They're not part of the Justice, or Teen Titans, obviously. But you still have Beast Boy, which was interesting. And you still have, like, a Raven who is, like, maybe 15, 16 in this movie, so... Interesting. Um, and then finally, uh, which is actually coming out physically next week, is Batman the Killing Joke, which I have not seen, but that is based on the Killing Joke um, title, the, the comic book. 
So as that, far as what good? Oh, just because uh, that that actually play. I didn't see it, but it played. Uh, it had a very limited theatrical release in like various cities. Um, like it played in L.A., but I didn't get to see it before I uh, came out here. Okay. Yeah, they just did some recent um, this past either two weeks ago or this past week. Uh, here locally, there was a couple. There was a two night showing at one of the theaters of it, and you can go check it out. But I did not have a chance to make it out to either one of those, so I'll just wait until it comes out. And upcoming, there are three films upcoming. There is Justice League Dark, which is an adaptation of the same uh, storyline comic. Um, It has Constantine in it and some other people like Dead Man and Zatanna. It doesn't really sound like it's my kind of... I'm not really a fan of the Justice League Dark line. Uh, Steve, do you like the Justice League Dark at all? I tried getting into it, but it, I, I couldn't. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Same here. Uh, then we have Teen Titans Judas Contract. Looks like that's going to be a follow-up to the Teen Titans versus Justice League movie. And then Batman and Harley Quinn is the third of the upcoming coming out. So, that kind of, you know, rounds up some of those DC animated films. That I went off script there. <laughs> I didn't really intend to go down and talk about all of them like that, but I just wanted to give a, a couple shout-outs to the ones that were definitely worth watching. Um, and again, definitely watch the Under the Red Hood, the Batman Year One, Justice League Doom, Flashpoint Paradox, and Justice League War. I think those are the, the big ones to watch. I think I'm going to start with that the TV series, because those are a little 30 minutes, right? Yes. Yeah. So I might do that, and, and then I'll jump back in and try those out. Mm-hmm. All right. So, gentlemen, we have gone over the hour mark, surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are there any... I think there's a discussion that is, is going to take place, but before we do that, it's going to be a spoiler discussion for a, com- a current comic line. Is there any final thoughts you have for this week? Steve? Uh, I think my only final thought is I'm just going to give a shout-out to uh, the, comic, the comic book store I went to this week. Uh, as a new comic book store to me, because I, uh, uh, I'm home visiting family, I was in Pittsburgh, and I went to Phantom of the Attic for my comics, and they're a super rad store. So if you're in Pittsburgh, go to uh, Phantom of the Attic and get your comics. Let's see. I can't think of the song, but I kind of want to start singing Phantom of the Opera. But I can't think of that song. Is. There's one's like, the Phantom of the Attic. Something like that. I can't remember. <laughs> Mo, I like. how about you? Um, last episode, our buddy Steve talked about Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. I picked up issues one, two, four, five, six, and seven of the latest run. Oh, you needed three. Three would have been. I I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. Um, but it is excellent. Yay! If you've never uh, given Squirrel Girl a shot, awesome writing, really funny character, and that first one literally had me rolling on the floor. I was laughing so hard because uh, mom makes an appearance, uh, roommate shenanigans fighting awesomeness it was just such a a well done book um i i really really enjoyed it so again if you if you've never read squirrel girl like i had not until now uh go ahead and give it a shot because it's actually pretty good i haven't 
given the undefeatable squirrel, squirrel girl, it's, it's hard to say, a, a yeah. look yet. So I need to mm-hmm. check it out at some point. Um, oh, you made me so happy. I'm grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> I was I was super pleased, and now I'm going to, uh, once I fill in some more holes in my, I'm trying to get all of the Hulk comics ever. Uh, and so once I'm done tracking those down, I think my, uh, my next goal will be hunting down uh, those Squirrel Girl ones that I was missing. But yeah, I loved it. You could always go digital and just get the storyline while you hunt it down. Um, I don't believe in that digital mess. Or I'll I'll try I'll, I'll be on the lookout too for number three, and if I find it, I'll let you know. I'll do the same. If I see it around here, I'll I'll hook you up. So for me, it's just been a busy. Someone's someone's got some some noise going on there. What was that, oh, you, Steve? Sorry, I had to get my uh, fan, uh, my uh, plug, and I had to go into a room that had a, that had a loud fan, but I fixed that now. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, uh, my final thought for this week is read comics. They're they're excellent. They're great. I haven't had a chance to read any comics since I've moved into this house, so they're kind of starting to pile up on me a little bit. So I need to make time to read them. But uh, as we've talked about here, there's a lot of great storylines that are just amazing like you know these these old dc storylines that give you a look into why people are so excited if you haven't really been a dc fan uh why they're excited for the justice league or the wonder woman movies uh check them out check out those uh those movies if they're available on netflix or you know you can get them for pretty cheap on amazon digital video or even to buy them digitally or not digitally but physically even so check them out there but uh That'll pretty much do it for our final thoughts and our discussion this week. But there's going to be a little bit of a, a, a discussion right now between Mr. Steven Waldinger and Mr. Momohoney because they are current with the Civil War II storyline. I have not even read the first issue yet, but I'll stick on. I know what they're going to talk about. It's okay. But for the rest of you, if you haven't read the Civil War II storyline, this is going to be a full spoiler discussion up to the current issue. So, ye be warned. Turn back now. Because in five seconds, Moe's going to go crazy. Five. <laughs> four. Three. Two. One. Ah! <laughs> they killed Banner! Yes, I thought of you the second I read that, Mo. I was like, uh, no! Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Okay. Do you want me to go first? Because I'm ready. Go for it. I have two trains of thoughts in this. Um, with how this led up was the Inhuman Salt made the vision. Um, first train of thought, Banner's actually dead. So with with that, that thought process, um, Banner was completely cured by our boy Cho. Um, he was happy if you read Totally Awesome Hulk 8. He actually caught the flu and was sick um, and was just spending time with Cho and the family and, and playing Minecraft and just being a human being, which he has not been in so long. Um, if this first train of thought's true, he's 100% cured. He is dead. They've killed him off. However, I don't think that the Inhuman's vision has been stopped because I don't think they know which Hulk killed them all. And I, I had that exact same thought. Yep. I was like, uh, 
Yes. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, just that's I'm thinking along those exact same lines is like he saw he saw a Hulk and just assumed it was Banner. And everybody assumed it was Banner. Yep. I spent and, a uh, lot of time staring at that. And in that pose, the head is tilted up. And that kind of was like me them going, we're not going to show you whose forehead ridge it is. Is it the Cho Ridge? Is it the old Banner Ridge um, or the Hulk? And so I, I I'm seeing this. and I'm going, if he's dead. Cho's going to lose it because he just had this heartfelt moment with his friend that he loved. And so you dive in and Cho has this moment where he shows them, I, oh, yeah, you guys, you guys understand I'm dangerous. But I'm going to play this until it benefits me. And he breaks out uh, after having this confrontation with Miss Marvel. And he looks like he's causing an earthquake. And everyone's like, we need to send people to go get him. What's he going to do? And all he does is he he writes a message for Miss Marvel in the Earth. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Sorry, Captain Marvel. Uh, and I love it. I'm not going to reveal the message. I want to leave that for people to read. That's an awesome issue. Please go read it. It's wonderful. So that's my first path is if Banner really is dead, here's my second one. In that Civil War, um, issue number three, Hawkeye says he saw what? That green glint in his eyes. Mm-hmm. If that gamma radiation really is there, Banner's not dead. The gamma stuff is doing its thing, but it's like ever such a minute trace that eventually it's going to do the same thing we've seen time and time again with the Hulk. Is that when you think things are at its worst, that gamma radiation acts all funky and it brings things back. And we're going to get this angry insane, inquestionable, ravaged, no more banner, just Hulk left over. And that was the two trains that I went down. That the arrow either leads to Cho going nuts and destroying them all, or the arrow was the thing that brought the Hulk back in banner. And those were the two things I gleaned when I read it. I think it, I think of the, I'm, I, I definitely see bases in both those theories. I think the show one holds more merit now just yeah. because I think I think Banner's going to stay dead for a while. He'll be back because it's comics. Everybody comes back. Yeah. But um, I think otherwise, if, if they if Banner's back so soon, then that makes that makes mm-hmm. um, him dying in issue three. It just makes it very like very cheap, even even for a comic book. It makes it cheap because that'd well, be like. Three I'm not expecting him to come back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting it to be towards the end of this run. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. If if it was that path. So. No, I think I think Amadeus is going to run with the Hulk for a while, and I think that very well could be him. That is the, uh, that is that was the vision because that's what I, I that's what I love about this. What that's one thing that nice they're doing with Civil War is that they're they're casting a lot of doubt that you know on the whole issue of. Um, uh, which vision, you know, these visions are they are they act honorable or not? And um, mm-hmm. with him having this vision, I, I like the idea that they actually they actually caused this vision. If they would have left everything alone, I don't think any of this would have happened. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. But yeah, they brought this on themselves by acting on the vision, and now mm-hmm. look out. <laughs> oh my goodness. See, I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that. That makes because uh, Tony says something about that that you can't uh, stop the future. Like it's it's going to happen from the choices we make, 
And if they would have followed Tony's ideology and, and just been, Banner doesn't get killed and Cho doesn't lose it in the end. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that. Just to, yeah, it's hard to say which way they're ultimately going to go, but that's those are some thoughts that I've been having during this whole thing. Yeah. Well, I, I really hope that that does come true at the end of this. And, and it's not because um, of me disliking these characters. I don't want Iron Man to die, of course. But I feel like if it does, it sets them up for sending Hulk to space. Ah. I would love I would love a show rendition of Planet Hulk. <laughs> I'm like not not I would love if they paid homage to the old one so like he shows up to un- uncover um some of the memories that Banner would have had if if they can do it that way and still keep the timelines you know in line and everything. But I I'm I just want a Planet Hulk so bad. I really do. I miss it. Oh, Mo, if you can, you should track down the, um, um, it was around Hulk number, it was Hulk issue 300, where for the Banner had had been able to, um, like, control the Hulk. Like, he was actually, he could turn into the Hulk, but have Banner's mind. So mm-hmm. he was just normal, peaceful Bruce Banner in the Hulk's body. And the only, like, drawback was, like, he, he couldn't get as mad just because he was, like, logical Bruce Banner. But then... Yeah. Nightmare, the, uh, the like the villain Nightmare who like rules the Nightmare Realm, got into the Hulk's head, and he was like gradually repressing the Banner personality to the point where Hulk became like there was no trace of Banner whatsoever. Like he was gone. Like Doctor Strange couldn't find him at all. It was like mm-hmm. all pure Savage Hulk, and they had they had a major like throwdown that was like um, it was Planet Hulk bef- throwdown before Planet Hulk because this is years before Planet Hulk. But yeah. he like kicked he kicked everybody's butt basically like the avengers um power man and iron fist anybody who came at him was like just gone in seconds thor managed to uh fight him to a standstill before dr strange was just like enough you're too you're too gone you can't stay here anymore so he banished him to some like d- dimension it's supposed to be a peaceful dimension but it ended up being like a a whole you know, the wrong dimension, basically. So Hulk had to do more demon fighting and stuff like that. But that's, that's a super rad story to read is the breakdown of the Hulk into that fight with the, uh, where Hulk fights everybody and, you know, kicks butt. Issue 300 is where it climaxed. Mm -hmm. Can't wait. I will start hunting. Yeah, that was, that was my, my thoughts on the civil war ending. I was really bummed. I was, Sad because I again I'm so new to homic the to homics so new to comics. <laughs> uh, see, homics are, are Hulk comics. That's not really get <laughs> yes, out there. Um, I'm I'm so new to it that losing a character who I've just started to like really fall in love with, and plus adding in Cho, it's just uh, it's tough. It's tough to to see that happen, and. To hear some people comment, you know, I've seen a couple of forum posts where they're just like, oh, I'm so glad Banner's gone. I'm like, I, I just got him. Like, <laughs> this is something I love so much. And and it just sucks that, that if he really is dead, if that's the way that they're going to play this and and take him out of this world, I just, it, it bums me out. Um, but again, Cho is an awesome Hulk. He That's why he's the totally awesome Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, he's such a great character. I absolutely love that issue nine. Please go read it. Because you see, you see how smart this kid is. Because anybody who would have just been emotional, uh, that that fighter would have already happened. But I feel like he's playing something, some mental cerebral cards. He's playing that ultimate 
game of chess and he's going, no, you guys know I'm dangerous and I'm going to show you I am, but I'm also going to show you I'm in control. What is Amadeus? Is he the eighth uh, smartest person in the world? I think something like that. He's he's up there. So, but. Yeah. Did I read right? He's 19 in the comic, right, Amadeus? Yeah, he's young. He's okay, I thought he was. I thought he was younger than 19, but still, yeah, 19. He's just a kid. I, still. I think he actually might be younger than that. Oh, okay, I thought. I uh, I thought I saw 19, but I, I was I was reading really fast, so I might have. I probably misread it. If I might have misread it. Yeah. Again, I'm not 100 percent sure. Like I would have to look that up, but I he is he is young. He's yes. he's a teen. He's for sure a teen. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, all right. I don't know if we have anything else to talk yeah. about. I think that's about it. But yeah, Civil War. Yeah, my just my. I think my final thought is, I wasn't excited about Civil War Two, um, but I am the the prospects that they're presenting are getting more and more interesting. I, I still don't think all in all it's going to be it's ultimately going to be that great of a story, but it is. Yeah, it is intriguing me more and more. At the each each issue is intriguing me more and more. So props to them for that. And I also hate a Hawkeye now. So <laughs> <laughs> although. I'm on. I'm on. I, I can't hate Hawkeye because of the the Matt Fraction run. So, I think he was only doing what Banner told him to do. So I don't blame him. It's the scene, the green tent, is what I I need to know. Yeah. Like I, I, ah, ah, too many question marks. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger there on, on Mars. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So I kind of checked out there for a little bit, so I didn't really absorb everything you were talking about, but it sounds like you guys have wound down on your spoiler yep. discussion for Civil War. Is that correct? Yes, yes, sir. In that case, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the close of this month's edition of the League of Entertaining Gentlemen. Steve, where can they find you on the Twitterverse? At Steve Waldinger, S-T-E-V-E-W-A-L-D-I-N. G-E-R. Also, you can follow uh, me and my pal Lady Beaver. You can follow our live comic exploits at ComicProv. That's C-O-M-I-C P-R-O-V. I'm following that right now. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Insta-follow Mr. <laughs> Mahoney. Uh, mine's pretty easy. You can find me at Coach Hulk um, at, on uh, Twitter as well as Coach Mahoney on uh, Xbox One or Xbox Live, I guess. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter at Sith Nightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E, and you can find the show at Entertaining Pod. You can shoot the show an email. We haven't got any emails yet for comics, um, so if you want to shoot the show an email, please do so. That's entertaining at gmail.com. Let us know if you have any comic discussions you would like us to talk about or if you've been to a con and what your experiences were. Ladies and gentlemen, true believers alike, boys and girls, it's time to close the show.